everyone. Welcome to the first episode of the Loyal and True podcast. My name is Jason Evans, and here with me is Jared Kennedy. Jared, how's it going, man? How's it going? Pretty good. In a bit of a testy mood. You know, I've been dealing with uh, some uh, different side companies I won't mention, but uh, yeah, it's great. <laughs> hey, they're not sponsors of us yet. If you want to throw them under the bus, go for it. Absolutely. Um, Direct TV. I haven't had any problems with them until now. And so if you're out there listening, Direct TV, get your stuff together. Because you're, you're frustrating me. Anyways, all right. See, I blame AT&T. I think it's because they bought them out. Um, you know, all that kind of stuff. Well, it's hey. Yeah, it may be. Well, well, hey, if this is the, your first time hearing us, uh, don't worry about it. Because it's the first time that uh, we've been out and about as the Loyal and True Podcast. This is the very first episode. And this show is designed to just let OSU fans hear OSU fans talk about OSU sports. And that's really all it's about. Jared and I have been uh, lifelong Oklahoma State fans, and uh, we've seen our fair share of uh, triumphs, uh, more than our fair share of uh, defeats, and uh, everything in between. And so sometimes it's just fun to talk about it. And Jared, uh, I'm just going to, let's let's throw it out right to get started. What is the most memorable thing you can think of when you think of OSU sports? Oh, most memorable. Are we talking good? I, I, what, what was the first thing that came to mind? <laughs> the first thing that came to mind is the time we uh, blew the lead with Texas. Wait, uh, which, which time? Well, yeah, yeah, which time? Um, it would have been you're you're better with dates with me, so you'll be able to help me out. But um it was the year um I, I fell off the uh bleacher pacing back and forth um so much and uh head first into a, an elderly lady's lap um to find out to look up and realize that I'm on the jumbotron. Because nobody's left in the stadium because everybody has left out of frustration um, except for me. I can't remember what year that That's was. What I'm looking. I believe it was it, – it may have been 2005. It was either 05 yeah. or 07. So in 05, we lost. 05 was the Alpena throw the ball off the helmet um, and Dwan Woods caught it game. Uh, it's also uh-huh. the one where uh, Vince Young shook Donovan Woods just literally out of his uniform. Um, so that was that game. And then 2007 was, I know OSU had a big lead going into the fourth. I think they were up by like three touchdowns uh, and ended up losing 38-35. So it may have been that game. I want to say, yeah, it was probably that game. Oh five. let's see, Oh five. That was um, Gundy's first year. Gundy's first year. So what are we six and six? Oh no, no, no. We were three and eight that year. Three and eight. That was his first year. Three and eight. So or four, year. four and eight, maybe. Yeah. Second year, we were oh, we were six. That was we played Alabama. Right? Yeah, and, yeah. That was his second year. Inside. Was it inside bowl? Uh, no, no the, it was uh, uh, Independence. Independence. Yep, that's right. Yeah, OSU in that 07 game, they were up thirty-five to fourteen with eight minutes to go in the third. And uh, ended up losing 38-35 on a Ryan Bailey 40-yard field goal uh, as time oh. expired. So, uh, oh, those – see, now you kind of put them together. That that was one of my worst memories because I remember being so mad. And I don't know if it was the same game. They were both against Texas. Could have very well been the same game, but I was so mad. Uh, you know, I usually, we usually park down there by the, uh, you know, Old Navy and that stuff, and mm-hmm. we do the walk. But I remember being so mad walking out of that stadium. I was going, you know, 90 to nothing trying to get back to the car. And on the way down, I I, I hit and picked up uh, one of those street barrel light things. Yeah. It's yeah. got the little flashing lights. Yeah, and, like a construction barrel. Yeah, 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 the construction thing. And for whatever reason, I, I didn't let go. I just carried it all the way <laughs> to my pickup, and I threw it in the back of my truck. I don't know what logic is behind that, like why I would do that. I guess just the fact that, like, I'm I'm so mad that um, I have what's happening. Well, you know, somebody's going to be one less construction thing, yeah. Um, you know, less. But anyways, I'd say that was probably my worst. But then one of my most memorable moments was the very 
same team, Texas, I believe it was 97. Yeah. Maybe the first year we had beat Texas in, you know, so many years. Yep. And uh, that was uh, Alonzo Mays. Um, year and I, I just remember getting a program, writing a big score right across. I was there with you and your dad. Yep. Um, there at that game, so that was probably one of the most memorable, um, good times we spent there at Lewis Field. Yeah, that was a good one. Forty-two sixteen was the score on that one. I think if I'm, I feel like didn't McCorders R.W. McCorders take a punt back to the house in yeah. this game? I think. Yeah, uh, I believe so. Tony Lindsay. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, that was a, that was a seven and four year. Alamo Bowl. Alamo Bowl. Yeah. Lost to Purdue. Yep. Purdue um, yep. when, when, when I think of OSU sports, I think the first thing I think of is a moment when we were both in school and it was the 2004 final four season. Uh, when we, uh-huh. we well, let's bring up Texas again, when, when OSU beat Texas, uh, in yeah. Gallagher, Arena to, I, I think technically it locked a share of the big 12 title up. They had to beat A&M the, the, at the end of the week to, to wrap it up, uh, as a sole champion. But, uh, I just remember that game, the intensity of both teams, and then just, uh, storming the court afterwards. That was, uh, uh something else, you know? So that was, was that, uh, that was the grand brothers and, yep. And that was, correct me if I'm wrong. Was that not the last time any other school beside Kansas has won the big 12? Uh, I, I believe, I believe it is. Cause, uh, starting in 2005, Kansas won at least a share of the title and they've, yeah. they've carried on, uh, ever, ever since then. Years, yeah. Uh, it's quite a, quite a run for them, but that was, uh, that was Bill Self's first year at Kansas. Um, yeah, that one. So, uh, but yeah, oh, memories. good, good stuff. Um, and, uh, if you're an OSU fan, you're thinking, well, I, I probably lived through some of that and we can all think of our share of heartache and our share of good moments. Uh, but let's not live in the past. Let's, let's look on to the future. But, um, Jared, uh, it's time to talk OSU sports. And, and I think right now we need to touch base on football because even though the season just ended, there is a lot going on. Um, you know, that question is who's going to replace Mike Yersich as the offensive coordinator. Um, but before we, we get to that, did you have any thoughts about the Liberty bowl that was this past Monday? Um, here was my thoughts and it's been a few days. So my memory is I've, I've found, uh, that my memory is better with, um, long-term than short-term. So (laughs) I kind of forget, but, uh, my, my overall thoughts on it was why can't we play, um, this kind of aggression, um, in, in every game. And, Now, obviously, I think we kind of, you know, we had our, definitely had our moments where it's like, what the heck are we doing um, type stuff. But overall, like, I, I just felt like Knowles' game plan was good. I, I felt like our defense, for the most part, got after him. And then and look at it. At the end of the game, what's it come down to? A Big 12 team where everybody's talked about how poorly their defense has been. And, I, and I've been on that ship, too, because – our, let's face it, the defense just has not been uh, up to standards. But what it comes down to is an Oklahoma State defensive stop to win the game. Because I don't know about you, but uh, during that game, listen, everybody could say what they want about Corn Dog, and I've had my fair share of criticism as well. Corn Dog plays hard. He he he. You know he he puts effort. He plays with a lot of heart. I think that's why a lot of the the guys like him and, and they back him. Um, but to me, there's just a ceiling on him. And uh, I don't know about you, but I was not ready to give the ball back, get the ball back with 40 seconds left. Um, wanting our, you know, our offense to, to lead us down yeah. uh, for a touchdown. So uh, sure enough, our defense held and come up with the big stop against a big time quarterback, big time uh, pro prospect. Uh, they're expecting to be drafted early, uh, so so yeah. I, I thought I thought we played with a lot of intensity. Uh, I thought Hubbard ran exceptionally well. He had some some big time big time runs uh, during that game, uh, and then you know our receivers. Well, one thing I want to point out is you know a lot of people's like, man, who's this number thirteen? This Johnson guy. Well, 
newsflash, he's been there all year. We just, for whatever reason, we decided to to find him, you know, this game. But we're just, we're talented. We have a lot of talent. And I think uh, we saw a lot of that talent um, come Liberty Bowl. And overall performance, I, I would say um, anytime you can beat an SEC team, um, you know, regardless of who it is, and uh, hold them to fewer points than you, I mean, it's it's a good thing. Yeah, so. I, I, I totally agree with that. And, you know, I think that entire game was a microcosm of the entire season. Uh, yeah. You know, struggle, stumble a little bit, you know, then you're playing like gangbusters, then you're up, you're ready to blow the game wide open and then throw uh, two consecutive interceptions um, that, that, you know, allow Missouri to come back. But, you know, I agree. It is kind of refreshing to see an OSU team with the game on the line get the stop defensively. And, you know, oddly enough, it seems like that happens uh, for OSU more often than not, whenever they're playing these one score games, it seems like the defense somehow, some way can almost always make, make a play happen. Um, right. You know, it's just, we saw it in the West Virginia game this year, uh, as well as the Missouri game. So, um, I think that's a good point, uh, that you make, uh, saying that's kind of the, the whole season summed up into one game, because, you know, most of the season, if you look at it, look, OSU played their best against the best teams. Yeah. They played their worst against the worst teams. And then what we had in this game was we saw us playing terrible, our worst. And then all of a sudden, next series, we would play our best. And it was like, I think that's pretty good. Uh, you know, it sums it up pretty well. It just, the, what you said there, it kind of summed up the entire season there in one game. We, we were up, we were down, we were up, we were down. And when it came down to it, um, we got the win, which we haven't been able to uh, in some of the other, you know, big close games. So that yeah. was that was nice to see. Yeah, I agree. And and you know, looking forward into the 2019 season, you know, it's never too early to look forward. Uh, the thing that kind of concerns me is we're going to be breaking in another quarterback. We know that for sure. Uh, you know, we 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 kind of assume it's going to be Spencer Sanders. Um, you know, but I guess Gundy sometimes. Uh, uh, he, so let's just be honest. He doesn't have a great track, track record of picking the right quarterback the first time. Um, so right. we'll, we'll see, we'll see what happens. But what we also know is not only are we going to be breaking a new quarterback now, we're going to have a, a proven yet, yet seriously untested running back in Hubbard. We've got yeah. a proven receiving core, but right now we don't know who's going to call the place. Uh, right. You know, Mike Yersich goes back home to Ohio. He gets hired by Ohio State. And uh, I saw some Twitter chatter with you. Um, uh, you you were not uh, upset to see Yersich go, and you're kind of astounded that Ohio State <laughs> would take the chance. I, I, I just, I like, you know, we we heard, we've been hearing the whole time, you know, teams were after him and all this stuff, and, you know, Gundy's kind of been defending him. You know, hey, everybody else seems to want him except for, you know, Oklahoma State fans. And and it's kind of, you know, you kind of heard the rumors that maybe Tennessee, and I think that's kind of where everybody thought it was going to end up. And then all of a sudden, after the game, we hear for sure, yes, he's leaving, but not to Tennessee. He's taking a job at Ohio State. Yeah. So I'm thinking, well, hey, first off, I know it, it's Ohio State, so whatever way you look at it, it's you know it's a step up. But how do you go from calling? How long has he been here? Six years? Uh, since twenty thirteen, that was his first season. So yeah, okay. six seasons. So how can you're responsible for calling the plays? You're the offensive coordinator. How do you go? You know that long, and then and now you're 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 taking a step up, obviously to you know a better program and uh, you know a traditional program, but your step like he's not even though the offensive coordinator there he's like a he's like a the the pass specialist or i don't even know what they called it yeah passing game coordinator or yeah. something yeah or something like that so it's like how i know how because you know ohio state could still pay him you know more money than what we were going to probably give him but it, it just astounded me i was like how in the world it's kind of like the tv analyst okay when you're watching the game and as an Oklahoma State fan, you watch every game. You're you're at mostly every game. You're watching every play, and you're you're not you're you're watching it from a different view as maybe somebody else that's not a fan. Okay, so we've how many times have we seen this year from like TV analysts 
talk about corner dog and how how great he's a NFL prospect and man he's so good and yet we're listening we're we're like has they have they seen one thing have they watched one game this year or are they just looking at stats yeah because if you look at stats it tells you one thing but then when you watch the game you're thinking okay the, the, he definitely has areas well it's kind of the same way with your sitch People look and see the overall stats Oklahoma State produces, and they're like, wow, this they've got it together. But yet, if you come and watch a game, I promise you there's going to be 50% of the time during that game you're going to be hollering, what in the heck are we caught? Like, what are we doing? Yeah. So so it's to us fans, you know, that, that keep up with it and watch it, I think it was uh, – a relief and a big shock that somebody like Ohio State would want him. But, you know, if you're in the national media or somebody else that just sees stats, uh, I suppose there's a case for him uh, why somebody, you know, might want to hire him. Because obviously to them, he looks like, a, a you know, an offensive genius. Yeah. So. And I mean, it's, you know, uh, looking at it very closely as an OSU fan, like you said, who's seen almost every play this year. I mean, we would almost across the board, you know, our biased opinion would be like, this was a down year for the offense. And this, they, they still finish, though, in the top 10 in the country. Uh, right. in, in total offense. So it's, you know, it, it's, I don't know. I think we get, we get used to what we've had. And so sometimes we kind of lose sight of the fact that, yeah, like that's still a big deal. Now on the other side, Ohio state was second in the country in total offense. You know, their offense coordinator gets bumped up to head coach. So, right. you know, I mean, it, I think your is definitely walking into a better situation. I know he's getting paid like 150 sure. grand more, uh, this, this upcoming season than he would have at OSU. So, uh, and he's going home. Yeah, right? he's, he's going going home. So more power to him. I, I think as a OSU fan, now this is where, because we've talked about this before, this is where I wonder, okay, so, you know, how much credit goes to Yersich and how much credit, good or bad, goes to Gundy when they're calling plays together? Because, you know, we saw with Holgerson and we saw with Munkin, you know, we the glory days, so to speak. Right. Uh, you know, we, we, we saw like these just, you know, no-nonsense offense coordinators. They're just going to throw caution to the wind. And then starting in 2013, we saw a more balanced, more conservative attack that's carried on here through 18. What I'm yeah. kind of anxious to see is, how much of that is Gundy pulling on the reins and versus letting Yersich go, or how much of it is is Yersich's lack of play calling creativity? Because right. let's be honest, for the last six years we haven't done very many creative plays, and and really no. any any creative play we do run usually ends in abject failure because we're not we're not good at running it. So I'm I'm kind of anxious to see whoever comes in. Are, are we going to see that maybe it's really been Gundy this whole time, or? Is it is it yours? It's just just having kind of a, a very small plethora of plays to run. So I think it's a valid point. I mean, because one could bring up, you know, yours have just rode the coattails of the likes of you know Mason Rudolph, some of those guys. But you're right. When you look at it, was the reason we only threw the ball down the field and to the left and right because of Yursich's lack of, you know, as you say, creativity or or, you know, is that more in Gundy's game plan, what he was wanting to do? I, that's a valid point. That's, I'm, I'm anxious to see. Yeah. And, um, you know, I guess now we'll have to wait an entire offseason um, to, to see that unfold. And, and, you know, there's a lot of people throwing out names. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of OSU fans who would love to see Munkin come back. I don't think that's going to happen. He's got like three head coach job uh, interviews yeah. this week uh, with the NFL. Yeah. Um, so I don't I don't think about that and uh, pistols firing back here on January fourth they uh, did an article about some of the names you might see and one of them they mentioned is Graham Harrell who was Texas Tech quarterback yeah. he's at North Texas now um, you know it, it's just so hard to know coming coming into this who who you would like to see in that spot but they mentioned Graham Harrell Josh Henson who's on staff uh, and then uh, Marcus Arroyo I don't think he's coming back he's not leaving Oregon. <laughs> Um, for for an OC job, and then uh, they also mentioned uh, a guy from Eastern Washington named Bodie Reader. I believe so. I, I'm I'm not very familiar with him, but um, I've read a little bit on him. Yeah, but, you know, uh, I, I think I think it's the people. Um, you know, Yersich came from Shippensburg. Uh, 
you know, he's he's the kind of the unknown guy. So I think people feel like now Gundy's just going to, you know, start looking for the unknown guys again. Yeah, um, that's what I'm afraid of. Yeah. And, you know, this uh, Bodie Reader, that is his name. He's at Eastern Washington. Um, you know, they, they were in the, the FCS or FBS, excuse me, national championship game. And uh, no, it is FCS. See, I always get confused. Why can't they just call it Division Two or Division One A? Yeah. Or you know, um, but uh, he was—he's their offense coordinator. They were uh, second or third in the country in total offense, and uh, made it to the title game for losing North Dakota State. Um, so you know, those are some names that that have that people are kind of throwing around. Um, what is about? There, uh, is there anyone you've thought what, of? Well, what about? Uh, I thought somebody threw around. Stitz, you know, Stitz yeah. was there. Yeah, he he was kind of there at the beginning, right? Kind of just as a yeah, analyst. he was a, he was an offensive analyst. Yeah, and then uh, but he just got hired somewhere, right? Yeah, he's at Texas State. So uh, Jake Spavita, um, right. brought him down to to Texas State. Um, somebody's thinking maybe um, if he would, you know, leave that right after he took it. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know. I just heard somebody throwing that out, but I, some of the names that you threw out, like let's start with like Harold. I I don't think you could really ever go wrong with uh, with somebody from Texas Tech. They have the the similar, you know. Some would say that's kind of where the whole Big Twelve um, offense kind of originated for, with, like Mike Leach, yeah, you know, and, and Texas Tech. You know, from there um, we had a uh, Holgerson. You know, we brought him in, and then everybody, you know. I don't think there'd be one Oklahoma State fan that wouldn't be honest with themselves and saying uh, they didn't love Holgerson. Yeah. You never knew what he was going to call. He was gutsy, you know, in there. So um, we knew what kind of offense uh, Cliff Kingsbury had. Uh, now he's moved on. He's, what, USC? Yep. And he's looking for things. So, like, so kind of the bloodline from Texas Tech doesn't scare me so much. Yeah, more than the fact then would this be his first coaching job? Harold? Uh it would be his first he's like, the, he's the offensive uh, coordinator at North Texas. So it would be his first power five job. Okay. For sure. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So um I you know, I like you said, I don't think the um Oregon's gonna happen. He's gonna Arroyo, however you pronounce it. Um he's not coming back. He's gonna I just don't see that one happening. I've kind of thrown that one out. Yeah. Um, but uh, I don't know. I, I am kind of scared that um, he's going to go off and try to find the next Shippingsburg um, sensation. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's going to be somebody nobody ever knows that we can get for a low dollar where Gundy can, you know, Mold once him. again try to prove that, uh, hey, uh, I know what I'm doing type yeah. thing. So. I don't know. It's going to be very interesting. I yeah. Who, who's your thoughts? Like, do do you are you leaning one way? Well, I mean, you know, Gundy's been totally quiet about it lately. The the thing, this is one thing I wonder is, you know, like Josh Henson gets some play, um, probably because he's an OSU guy, and he and was, I do like him because yeah. of recruiting. Yeah, you know, he, he yeah. he's so far shown he's been able to recruit. Hopefully, his coaching will will come through on that offensive line side of things. Um, you know, he was yeah. the, I think he was the OC at Missouri for one or two years. Um, and, uh, before he came back here to Oklahoma state. So what, what interests me about that is Gundy said several opportunities to hire from within, uh, specifically yeah. with the o- offensive coordinator side of things. And he's never done that. Um, you know, uh, Fedora was the first guy he brought in and when Fedora left Gundy, you know, ran the offense for two years, which was a disaster. And so he brings in Holgerson from the outside. Then he brings Munkin in from who, who was from the outside cause he had been here previously. Um, but then, but then came back and, uh, and then Yersich. So he's never really shown that uh, propensity to hire from within, but I think, you know, Gundy's always big about stability and longevity and people who aren't going to leave. Um, to me, Henson checks all those boxes. Uh, right. and, and I think it's also someone, if Gundy wants to get his hands wet in the offensive coordinator, play calling side of things, it's someone he could easily, you know, make sure he keeps his hands yeah. in, on it. Um, yeah. but you know, I think Harold would be a, an interesting guy, um, 
like you said, he's got that Texas Tech pedigree. And uh, I mean, North Texas, they had a successful year and uh, they had they had a top 25 offense this past season. So if I were to just say top two right now, it would probably be Josh Henson, Graham Harrell. Um, I don't know enough about Reader. Um but, uh, you know, which is it, probably why he's going to get it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, you know, I don't know about uh, Bob Stitt. Uh, you know, he's the guy who's credited with a lot of the uh, RPO stuff, um, you know, yeah. cr- creating and developing that at the Colorado School of Mines. So, um, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know at this point. You know, Gundy, likes I, to keep I just everyone want guessing. somebody that's going to be able that. which is one thing I do like about Henson and Harold. I, I think. Like, I think Harold's going to be able to recruit, like, big-time quarterbacks, I believe, because they're going to say, hey, you know, from Texas Tech, yeah. look at the numbers he put up. Uh, this he, He's going to want, want probably more the air raid-type uh, offense. Um, you know, and Henson, you know, they talk about how, how great he is with recruiting, and I know the players love him and stuff like that. So I just want somebody to be in there to that's going to be able to – build a relationship with these guys that they're going out recruiting and, and make people want to come play for us. You know, that's what scares me most about these no names is like, yeah, that's great. He's, they're doing great things and maybe he is an up and coming star, but, but name gets you a long way. And, and just being able to, um, you know, already have your foot in the door, just, just goes a long way to, 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 to get some of those big recruits. So that that's one thing that kind of scares me. So, I don't know. We'll see. I'm, I'm uh, <laughs> cautiously optimistic. Well, yeah, I, 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 I agree. And, you know, that's one thing probably Ursus didn't get enough credit for is, I mean, he, he recruited uh, Rudolph to Oklahoma State. He, he developed Rudolph. You know, he recruited Spencer Sanders to Oklahoma State. Um, you know, so that may be one thing that Ursus didn't get enough credit for. But I, I, right. I, I agree, though. Um, it would sure be nice to have a coach who can come in with a little bit of a pedigree that when you go into a, a high school player's house, they kind of, uh, they're, they're a little bit awestruck by the person, um, well, you know, because OSU is not OU or Alabama or Ohio state that right. just coming in and wearing that, uh, Ohio state pullover is going to get you star points. Um, so, right. you know, I think it would help to have a coach who, who shows they're committed to the program, but also has a little bit of a, a name recognition or at least a success rate, uh, beyond, you know, division two. Division let, let me ask let, let me ask you this how this is something I was kind of thinking and I don't went maybe way off thing but with the whole year leaving you know some people are like why you know why would he leave he was offensive coordinator I know it's Ohio State and you know he's he's moving over and we talk about you know you're talking about Spencer Sanders and you know the whole controversy this year of the, you know the red the new red shirt rule where you could play in four games mm-hmm. and still red shirt. So everybody's questioning Gundy why why not at least get those guys in there and and just let them play. I mean there was a couple of those games against nobody non conference where we were up where we could have very easily you know put a Sanders in and just just seen what we got. So you know you've had that whole controversy all year long. Is it because Gundy? Is trying to stay loyal to Corn Dog, and he doesn't want, you know, Spencer to get out there, and and then everybody will be questioning Gundy why he's not playing, or is it the simple fact that he truly doesn't feel that Sanders is ready and doesn't want to put him in there? So then I get to thinking about Yershitz leaving. If if Yershitz thought that Sanders, uh, more Brown, I guess, but mostly Sanders. Uh, because he was such a big recruit from Texas. If, if he thought he was so good, you know, and going to be such a big star, do you think Yersich makes that move or would he want to stay knowing, hey, I've got a guy coming in and I'm going to be, I may be able to get better offers in the future? Like, what, scare, what, what I'm saying is, is some of it may scare me that maybe Yersich saw the writing on the wall too that we don't really we're really, really unsure about the quarterback that we got. Now's a good time to make the move. Yeah. Do you kind of see what I'm saying? Like, I mean, I see exactly. We were, we've been sitting up in the stands this year and we'll kind of throw, float that idea of, well, maybe, you know, either Sanders just isn't ready or what if he's not going to pan out? Um, yeah. You know, which, you know, you don't know when you don't see him. Could the Um, Yersich move be the last 
you know, icing on the cake. Of yeah. Maybe, maybe Gundy was, maybe, See, maybe he really was, you know, scared of his potential or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I, that's, that's definitely like one kind of conspiracy side of it. And I've got another conspiracy side for you. Um, well, and first of all, to your point, uh, I want to go back for a second about Yursich. I think Yursich was, uh, you know, he was pretty loyal to Oklahoma State for these six seasons. You know, he had a few offers here and there, but I don't think he ever really took him serious or they didn't take him seriously. Um, you know, you're talking about a big, big uh, upgrade going from Oklahoma State to Ohio State. Not only the $150,000 bonus you're getting a year, um, you know, the pedigree of the school. And, I mean, they they just locked in the uh, Fields guy from Georgia. You know, he's he's announced his commitment to Ohio State. So now Yersich is going to have an entire year to work with him, um, yeah. you know, behind the scenes. And so Yersich is really, you know, I feel like he's making more of this as, you know, I, I'm making a 100% personal move. I think it has less to do with what OSU has, uh, you know, whether or not Sanders or Brown can can compete. I think it right. just has more to do with like, you know, I'm making a 100% personal move um, because, you know, if in two years they're in the national title game and Yersich is credited with, with Fields improvement and all this kind of stuff, um, you know, now we're not talking about being the OC at OSU and then going to be the head coach at Tulane. We're talking about being the passing game coordinator at Ohio State and becoming the head coach at Purdue or, um, you know, West Virginia or something like that. Um, yeah, there you go, West Virginia. You know, so so I, I think it, this move was more Yersich related than it was like what's left in the cupboard. Um, but that's just, that's just my uh, opinion on it. I think he... Maybe for for a, a short time, he was just thinking honestly about himself, and I can't blame right. blame the guy Which for doing I that. I kind of hope is I kind of hope is the case because you know that would mean it's not so much about what OSU doesn't have, but more you know what Ohio State has. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> well, and so my conspiracy thing is though, what if you know Gundy made waves in the OSU world by actually firing Glenn Spencer last year? You know, yeah. um, didn't renew yeah. his contract, however you want to word it. What if, you know, Gundy, because Gundy was pretty vocal during the bowl week about like, you know, eventually your is going to get a job and we just can't afford yeah. to pay him and blah, blah, blah. Well, what if this was kind of Gundy's way behind the door saying, all right, Mike, this is your chance. Take it because, you know, it's time You're to out. move on. <laughs> right. You know, I haven't thought of that. And I think that's a. Uh... <laughs> I kind of like that one too, because <laughs> maybe Gundy will pull the trigger. That kind of stuff. Listen, like I'm, I'm tired of those people sitting at the very top of the stands, just yelling at me like it's my fault. So you're gone, yeah. buddy. Take this yeah. opportunity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're right. You know, they find he finally heard him. He finally heard him. Yeah, <laughs> yelling. And, but I don't know. I just I I, I know you probably won't wrap it up, but I, there's just so much that's that's just. Um, I can't wait for the season to get here to, to find out what's going to happen. And like you, you mentioned it, you know, you threw West Virginia in there and uh, you know, I know we don't have to talk about it much, but how about, how about Holgerson going <laughs> to Houston? Now tell me, is that not it? I mean, it's, if anything, a parallel job. I mean, how, I mean, I guess, you know, I'm sure recruiting's a little better in Houston. Well, I but, think it's easier for Holgerson. Yeah, you know, recruiting. There's definitely more "quote unquote" talent, you know, in the Houston area than there is in the West Virginia area. Um, but still, yeah, I, you know, I, again, I think it's a hundred percent personal move. Like, I, I feel like you know, people are already saying, well, if Holgerson can make Houston move them into a Power Five conference or make them, you know, just the the cream of the crop, then he'll get another big head coaching gig. I, I one hundred percent could see Holgerson staying at Houston until he's done coaching. Um, yeah. you know, that he may just rule the American athletic conference and, and, you know, if they ever expand the playoff to eight, he could always make it to the college football playoff as the, the at large. Um, but like, I mean, it seems like he loves Houston in his press conference and he may have totally been lying, but he said he'll come back to Houston like 10 or 12 times a year, uh, just to yeah. visit. And, you know, he has a lot of friends down there, you know, the Houston Rockets owner, is the the on the board of regents that you know supposedly is dumping in a lot of money to the program and they're their best buds. So 
I, I think it was just one of those, the handwriting was on the wall at West Virginia, that it was going to be a thing of like, we're, we're just either not going to renew your contract or, you know, you're gone. Um, I just think he likes, I think he likes uh, Texas better. And I think he likes being at Houston more than the opportunity to be at West Virginia. Um, because, I mean, yeah. he's, he's going to make just as much money. Um, sure. Yeah. You know, so uh, I don't know. It'll be a fun, like, seeing how all these dominoes fall, because usually the coaching carousel is already over by now. So um, seeing how the rest of these dominoes fall and who OSU hires as an OC, it's going to be uh, at least give us something to talk about uh, in the off season. But, um, you know, I, for for this episode, we're spending a lot of time talking about football just to wrap up the season. But, Jared, did you know it's also basketball season and wrestling season? It is basketball season and and wrestling season. <laughs> and and, uh, and uh, if you've been following the men's team uh, closely, you know this is going to be a very long year. They currently have a worse record than the football team. Um, the football team finished at seven and six. The basketball team is currently six and eight, zero and two in the Big Twelve. Uh, they they took on Oklahoma on Saturday in the first round of Bedlam down in Norman. Uh, they ended up losing by ten. And, um, Jared, I know you said you, you didn't get a chance to see it. Uh, and then, uh, the, you know, they lost to Iowa state in the big 12 opener on Wednesday night. Um, right. I think these two games, Iowa state, it was 69, 63, OU at 74, 64. Um, I think you might as well just get used to seeing these games, uh, probably from here on out. Um, it, <clears throat> well, oh, go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say there'll be a couple games where they may just get, knocked out and blown out and there may be a couple games they may blow somebody out but uh i just don't think they have the horses to compete regularly in uh this conference um and i i don't even want to be a doomsday or anything like that but i could legitimately see a scenario where they go winless in the conference yeah i'm i'm there with you because i mean here's kind of what you have to throw out the 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 thing that um probably I think pushes your point more in the accurate um, side of it is, you know, and I love Cameron McGriff. I I think he plays hard. Uh, He's a heck of an athlete and all that. But what we found that what we've been finding out kind of, you know, from towards, you know, middle to end of last year going into this year is Cameron McGriff has really been the go-to guy for this Oklahoma state basketball team. And I say that meaning uh, it seems like if we want to win a game or win a close game, it's kind of been on the backs of Cameron McGriff, Mm -hmm. you know, has he played well. That's not necessarily a great thing to say because I do think he's a good player and I do like him because I think he plays hard. But if he, if McGriff is your go-to guy and guy that has to, you know, put us on his back and carry us, that's not a very good uh, it's not very good for uh, this Oklahoma State yeah. basketball team. Uh, now, having said that, we do got a lot of young guys, and we got some guys on the team that I think um, have a very high ceiling and have some potential. You know, I like I like this likely kid. I think mm-hmm. you know. I, I saw your tweet. You know where you know we said you know. I don't remember exactly what it said, but it was basically he's got great moments and he's got you know poor moments uh, um that's not what you said but in a gist of things that's what i took from it uh, yeah. but and then you're exactly right like you're gonna watch a game to where it's like hey this this kid's for real like he's and then there's gonna have a game where it's you know you didn't even notice he played um i like the jones kid uh curtis mm-hmm. i i think uh i think by the end of the season maybe maybe he's gonna kind of step into the role um, but I really think just as of now, what I've seen so far, it can very well change. I think the, the next guy up type thing is probably going to be this weather's kid. Yeah. Um, as far as being that athlete, you know, being that, uh, you know, that go-to guy, um, scoring the points, um, you know, because I love Lindy waters and, and he's kind of done, done the same thing as McGriff and, you know, he gets on, but he's not, you know, he's not that Tony Allen, Desmond Mason type, um, athlete. That's just going to, you know, get it done. Yeah. Uh, so I think maybe you're right. There's going to be games that we come away with. And I think those games that we do is, is going to be because, um, our young guys are finally 
starting to fill fill their role and 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 um, catch up to the speed of the game. Um, and then there's going to be days where it's going to be like, okay, let's uh, move on to next year. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think that's a great assessment. You know, Weathers right now, he's really the only one who can create off the dribble and get to the basket. And he did that plenty against OU. The problem was he just didn't finish. He was three of 12 from the field. Yeah. Um, you know, that's been the big thing. Yeah. That's, that's why I say that because I've seen him try to create plays and get to the basket. But he just can't. He, he just hasn't finished. So yeah. hopefully that comes. With yeah, time. You, you hope it comes around. Um, and and you know next year they've got this slew of four star recruits coming in, and so hopefully, uh, really Mike Boynton needs them to be be able to contribute right away. I think for them to yeah. to be successful next year. But this year I think it's just uh, it's just going to be a slog. Um, and you know they're zero and two in conference, and 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 now admittedly. Like I said, don't want to be a doomsdayer. They could have won. They easily could have won both of those games, Iowa State and OU. Sure, sure, um, sure. But right now, and then look the, at what Iowa State did to Kansas. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, it's not kinda, like Iowa State's a you know. Yeah, it, it kind of makes you feel better. <laughs> and you know, yeah. OU's you know in the top twenty-five. They've had a great great season so far. Um, but you know, so they're both very winnable games. But right now, they're not doing what they need to be able to do to win those games. And truthfully, they're not playing as well right now as they were back in November. Uh, you know, yeah. when they went down to Florida and they, uh, they beat LSU and they beat Memphis and, and they, you know, they, they really got woke <laughs> by Villanova. Um, but you know, they were playing better then I think than they are now. And do you, do you think that's what, do you think, that bothers me. Yeah. Do you think that's, be, um, has something to do, you know, we we had a certain roster then, and those guys are kind of playing together. And now, uh, you know, we've had like uh, uh, we've we've like Weathers, you know. Yeah, we added we Weathers the, and Jones came off the thing, and then Jones, and we've kind of added some some guys that weren't there. You know, I think it's one thing kind of you saw like with the Thunder, you know, with Paul George last year. You know, the talent, but then it just not seemed to mesh. And you know, now this year it's kind of starting to mesh a little bit better. So maybe, you know, maybe, you know, your point off if they weren't playing as well early, maybe it's just taking this little bit of time um, to start meshing with these other, you know, key guys that I think you have to have in there. Um, maybe it's just taking a little time to, I, I don't know. Yeah. I watch the team and I'm just confused. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think, I think a lot of people are. And um, looking ahead to this week, they play uh, Texas in Gallagher-Iba on Tuesday night. And then Saturday, they're at West Virginia. And um, both of those games are on ESPNU. And, uh, uh, you know, both, again, two tough teams, but two winnable games. And uh, last year, we know Mike took a team into Morgantown and, and uh, came out victorious. So, um, those are the two games coming up for the men's team. Uh, the women's team, today we're recording this on Sunday. They they knocked off TCU and Gallagher, so they went one and one this week. They lost to Texas earlier. Um, and so their conference slate is is uh, kicking into high gear as well. It's always fun when you get to conference time, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, they, they, I, they have West Virginia uh, coming up on Wednesday, and then Saturday they're home against Texas Tech. And, uh, you know, that's what they've got coming up. But, uh, you know, Jim Littell, you know, after everything he came came through and following Kurt Butke and everything, man, he's he's fielded a very cre- uh, competitive program, um, you know, with the women's basketball team. And so they're one-on-one in conference now. And uh, hopefully they can uh, really get it going and, and finish in that upper half. Yeah, I, I – uh... You know, women's is always that you don't get to see as much as it with the men's because they're not on TV as much. But um, actually, Oklahoma State girls have been on TV uh, a couple times uh, this season already. And actually, I was watching their game today against TCU. And it seems like it's one of those teams is, man, they got a couple of those girls, man. If they're they're hitting, if they're on, they're tough. Uh, But like any team, you know, um, when the shots aren't falling. Um, that's kind of what they rely on um, a lot of times, but I, I, I think this is. I mean, I definitely, I definitely feel like this could be a tournament team. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 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 women's and and I think you know, especially with telling them, I think he's, um, you know, maybe get them on a little run, um, you know, to make a little little run in it. But I, uh, I think we're we're way too early. I think to uh, on both men's and women's to really. Um, 
know w- what each team um, will be. I think yeah. we have an idea of what they can be uh, or might end up being, unfortunately. But um, time will tell. I, I, I'm excited about um, what I saw from, you know, that women's team. I think uh, I think they got a, a couple of key parts in there that, that um, are good. And uh, I don't know. We'll see. We'll uh, yeah. be interesting. It, it's always fun when you get the conference play. Um, you get to just battle out against the same teams over and over again, familiar foes. And all that kind of stuff. Um, real fast, before we, we go, I want to touch base uh, uh, with wrestling, Jared. Uh, the wrestling team finished up the Southern Scuffle, uh, where they finished in second behind Penn State, but they crowned four uh, champions during the scuffle. Did you get to watch any of it? I I, I did. I, I followed it all on Flow Wrestling. I, I watched them. I do the, uh, the live scoring. Uh, I was talking with, uh, actually, Barry Patterson. He's the uh, athletic director here going to be retiring actually here at Cushing, but, uh, we were talking a little wrestling and, uh, I, I told him, I said, man, I'm just gonna, I'm going to have to break it down and, and buy me a subscription to flow because that way I can watch it because yeah. I watch these live updates and it drives me nuts because I can see the scoring, but I don't know what's happening. So I think I may end up breaking down and, and, and buying me a, a subscription to that. But yeah, I, I follow him pretty closely. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, overall, you know, I think John was was happy with the way they performed, uh, but I think I think just like he always says, it's it's an opportunity. He thinks that they're definitely going to grow, you know, from that tournament. I think these we saw a lot of um, good stuff and tough competitions, but there was, you know, he he said there also was a, a little bit of ugly that, you know, that he saw. Um, you mentioned we had the the four champions in uh, Piccanini Fix, uh, G Feller, and uh, who was it? White. White, yeah. Uh, White got first, and then uh, I think actually um, we saw a, a heck of a match uh, with Joe Smith. Yeah. Um, he, you know that the the guy he he uh, was wrestling uh, was tough. I mean he he's a high ranked opponent, and. Uh, he had a good match and, and I, you know, like I said, I couldn't see it live. I think there was some questions about a couple of calls that happened. Everybody was talking about, but, uh, they're, they're liking the way he's, he's wrestling. He's finally back. He's back in the lineup. Um, and so they're happy about him. Um, and then that kind of bumped Jacoby Smith back up to 184. Um, so, uh, that'll be interesting to see what we do, but I, Oklahoma state has a very interesting lineup. Like we have a very soft, like, I'm looking at it, and I'm and when we get everybody healthy, like I genuinely think. Well, I mean, for instance, that that tournament finished two sixteen and a half for Penn State, and then one eighty eight and a half for Oklahoma State. Okay, so you're thinking, hey, we're right there, and that's also, you know, we're, we lacked a few points. I think Chandler Rogers ended up with six, but he ended up uh, like that last match. I think he he uh, medical forfeited. Um, he didn't even finish. And then like K Brock, uh, didn't finish. He, he got hurt. Um, so we, we, and we're still missing like Preston Weigel. Like if we can get him back, um, at that 97 spot, um, I think we're going to be in pretty good shape. And then there's a lot of talk, you know, like this G feller kid, he, he's good. Yeah, He's good. And so like, but, but the thing is, is we're also without Boo Llewellyn. Yeah. So, he's good too. So when he comes back in that 49 spot, you know, there's a lot of talk. Could, could Smith move G feller down in Kate Brock's spot, bump, bump Brock. And then boo would be back at that 49 or vice versa. Would boo be down? Um, I don't know. It's, it's very interesting, but I think this is a team that could contend at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we, it's been a few years since we've done it, you know, and, and we've been up there top five the last, you know, this last decade or whatever, but we haven't really pushed Penn state. You know, when it all come down to it, they, there was quite a bit of separation. I think this year um, could be the year where we push them a little, a little more and, and even more so next year. Uh, and the reason I say that is because at the end of the day, Penn state, um, they just know how to wrestle at the end of the season Yeah, and they, they are tough. So, so we'll see, but I think uh, there's a lot of interesting a lot of interesting keys and things that could happen with this team. And uh, a lot of, see, 
people think wrestling, well, they weigh in and you see what they weigh and then coach sticks the best one out there. That's, that's not always <laughs> the case. It, there's a lot more strategy to it. Hey, could he do better at this weight? If we bump him and move him around, you know, so there, I think there's a lot of, a lot of different option, uh, John, John could do with this team and, uh, it'll be interesting to see, uh, to see how that works. I mean, Derek white, he's wrestling, he's wrestling. Unbelievable. Yeah. Our heavyweight. Now, is he going to beat the, you know, uh, the kid from, uh, I think it's Minnesota. No, the, the dude's a stud, but Hey, he's wrestling. Well, uh, Joe was wrestling. Well, Piccanini, G Feller. I mean, we're wrestling well. Um, so I think it's, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be exciting to see where we end up. Yeah. I, you know, and I, I'm not a, I don't follow wrestling near as close as you do. And, um, but I, I do, you know, obviously appreciate Oklahoma state's wrestling history and it just seems like Smith has them lined up here for the next two or three years. Um, cause it, it's a, it's still a pretty young roster when you look yeah. at it overall. And so, um, you know, it, it should be a sign of great things for, for OSU wrestling. Uh, this weekend on Saturday and Sunday, they, uh, they're up in, in New Jersey. They take on Princeton and then Rutgers on Sunday. And so, uh, that's the, the wrestling schedule for the week. And then they come back for big 12 conference wrestling, uh, uh, later or next week. So, um, you know, this is just a fun time of year. I know some people get really down when football's over, but I think we're going to have plenty to talk about with football and, uh, basketball and baseball or basketball and wrestling will keep us going. And then we'll have baseball and golf to talk about in just a couple months. So, um, a lot of great stuff. If you're an OSU fan, there's plenty for you to, to enjoy. And, uh, but Jared, we better wrap it up for our very first episode. How do you feel? Do you feel okay? I, I considering the fact that I wasn't prepared and didn't have anything in front of me, I thought uh, we ended up talking a little more than I thought we would. So yeah, I feel, I feel good. Well, it doesn't take long to, to, to get going on OSU sports. Um, and you know, just, just, we're not supposed to tell people we're not prepared. Remember for, we're, we're supposed well, to, listen, you know. here's the thing. You just, I, I can have all the papers and stuff in front of me and be prepared. That that's not what I'm saying. I you know I could look at that, but at the end of the day, I'm just gonna like I get to talking and I, I you're just gonna hear my heart most of the time, whether that's good or bad. So well, uh, if that yeah. sounds like fun for you while you're riding in a car, while you're working out, while you're sitting at work, while you're doing whatever then uh, please, please subscribe to the Loyal and True Podcast. We're going to put these out every week, and uh, we'll keep you up to date on our thoughts about Oklahoma State sports. So, Jared, do you have anything else before we go? Uh, that's it. I, I, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited about this, uh, this upcoming season. Yeah, it's, uh, it should be a fun, fun adventure. Well, for Jared Kennedy, I am Jason Evans, and I uh, thank you for listening to the Loyal and True Podcast.